For the last few months, we've been in Luke's gospel, and I've primarily been looking at texts that are unique to Luke's gospel. I've been asking myself the question as I've studied these texts, what can I receive? What do I get from the work of the faith? I've come across, and I hope you have too, great love, goodness, Patience, mercy, peace, trust. Today, as we turn our attention to the care of this church and the community that surrounds us, I'm asking the question, what's mine to give? I'm still in Luke's gospel, the 10th chapter. This is also a story that's unique to Luke. I'm going to begin with verse 38, read through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and she asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work uh, by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is a story of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Most evenings at my house, I cook dinner for myself and for three men. (laughs) My husband, my father-in-law, my 14-year-old son. This involves a lot of meat and potatoes, (laughs) and it also involves a lot of trips to the grocery store. I like simple recipes, five ingredients or less, 30 minutes or less, and I like meals that are oversimplified. I like fresh pizzas already assembled and ready to put into my oven. Or I like to throw a few things in a crock pot that can stew all day. As far as I'm concerned, oversimplification is a great thing for a recipe. But hear me now, it is not a good thing for reading the Bible. This week, I find myself preaching a familiar Bible story that has been oversimplified. Five verses of scripture, one home, three people. Jesus, Mary, and Martha. Martha is distracted and busy, and Mary gets discipleship right. She's focused on Jesus. It's not a terrible read. It really isn't. It's just become cliche. And I think there might be more in this story. For one thing, the simple read doesn't make Jesus look very good. He's not very attentive with the simple, in the simple read, sitting at Martha's home as a guest, reprimanding the host. <laughs> he ends up looking a little entitled and oblivious to the chore of hospitality. I like a show called Kim's Convenience. 
Kim's Convenience is a sitcom that has a few scenes in the church. Two of the characters in the show are pastors, and one of those pastors lives under the impression that he's entitled to anything. He acts as though all the people around him are eager to give their possessions to him. (laughs) Candy bars, their lunch, their hats. He's oblivious to inconveniencing people. And while this may certainly be true of some pastors, I can't believe it's true of Jesus. He couldn't be an oblivious guest. I think he knew what was involved in caring for people. In this very chapter of Luke's gospel, Jesus tells a story of great care and mercy. It's a story that you know, the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan parable shows up in Luke's gospel immediately before this scene in Martha's home. And in the parable, it's the Samaritan that cares for a man who is beat up and left for dead on the side of the road. He tends to his wounds He tends to transportation and extended care. And at the end of the tale, Jesus turns toward one in particular that he is teaching, an expert in the law. And he says to him, go and do likewise. Go and do. Go and care for those that you encounter. And that is exactly what Martha is doing. Martha is caring for those who are placed in her path, tending to their needs in her very own home. And I have to wonder as I read the 10th chapter of this gospel, if Martha isn't hosting a crowd. Jesus Jesus is on the road moving toward Jerusalem. He's followed by his disciples, some Pharisees, scribes, a few experts in the law, And then there's this group of 70, this group of 70 followers that Jesus sent out. They've returned. Early in the chapter, he sends out 70 in pairs going ahead to the towns on his path. They were instructed to be good guests, to look for places where they are welcomed, to eat what is offered to them, to heal the sick, and to speak of the nearness of the kingdom of God. So those 70 have returned to Jesus, and I picture quite a commotion surrounding Jesus and the disciples, and that's exactly what has landed on Martha's doorstep. Mark Davis is an author and a pastor, and he wrote a book whose title I really like, Left Behind and Loving It. And he has a blog by the same name, Left Behind and Loving It. The subtitle for the blog is a description of the book. The subtitle for the blog is this, Living as if God's steadfast love endures forever. (laughs) Living as if God's steadfast love endures forever. In his online posts, Davis is looking at the original Greek language in the scripture text and New Testament passages. And for these five verses in Luke, he summarizes this. The source of Martha's anxiety is that she perceives she is struggling alone against many things. Martha perceives that she is struggling all by herself, alone against many things. 
And there are a couple of reasons to buy into this image of Martha struggling alone as opposed to the Martha Stewart living image of Martha. (laughs) What I mean to point out here is that hospitality is not the problem. Hospitality is not the issue or the problem in Luke chapter 10. First, in verse 41, Jesus says in the NRSV, You are worried and distracted by many things. Another way to translate the Greek, a a viable way, even a better way to translate the Greek here is this. Martha, Martha, Jesus does say her name twice, probably to get her attention. You are anxious and panicked about many things. The NRSV, you can see up on the screen, uses the word distracted instead of anxious. And there's another place in this short passage in the five verses where that Greek word shows up. It's in verse 40, just right before. Martha was distracted by her many tasks is what I read a few minutes ago. And Davis rewrites that sentence as this. Martha was totally spazzed. (laughs) Martha was totally spazzed with all the work that she had to do. Now, hosting a group of 70 plus people could do that to me, could totally spaz me out. (laughs) But I know a few people for whom this is their zen. Uh, Chef Colin likes to have more than 70 people to feed. My mother-in-law can feed more than 70 people, can feed a crowd, and so can my sister-in-law with ease. But we all have situations that make us anxious and panicked. And I believe they're unique to each of us. We all know what it's like to be overwhelmed. We all know what it's like to be anxious and panicked. Life can overwhelm even those with good intentions who make the best choices. Life can overwhelm those who invite Jesus into their homes. That's the point of this story, I think. It's not don't put too much time and energy into hospitality, but it's be attentive to what makes you anxious. Be attentive to what makes you panicked. One other thing Mark Davis points out about this passage that I really like is that when Martha is speaking to Jesus, the NRSV simply says she came to him and asked, which sounds so meek and mild. But Davis says that sentence can also be read, Martha stood over Jesus. Martha stood over Jesus and she said, speak to Mary that she might jointly struggle with me. The problem here is not what Martha is doing. The problem is the state of her being. And it doesn't have to be that way. Martha is angsty. And she sees herself as alone in a struggle. And that is a very hard way to go about life. There is a better way. Yesterday, I imagined what this scene would look like if Mary had perceived herself as alone in a struggle. If Mary had perceived herself as alone against many things. Because, you know, it does happen to those who sit at Jesus' feet. Mary would say, 
Jesus, say that again. Say that again, what you just said, exactly like I heard it to Martha. Say it to Martha because she needs to hear it. Or maybe Mary would just get up and storm out if she felt that she was alone against many things. I learned from the faith walking course that anxiety can show up in one of four different ways in our relationships. It can show up as conflict. And conflict most often looks like all or nothing thinking. It's standing over a person, right? And telling them the right way, which is my way. (laughs) Another way anxiety can show up is distance, as in storming out, running out of the room, or over-functioning. Under-functioning can also happen there. But over-functioning is taking on more responsibility than is reasonably yours, the too many tasks. And then there's projection, which is blame. It's Mary's fault. If Mary would just struggle with me here, things would be okay. You see, I see Martha as taking on three of those four ways that anxiety shows up. That's impressive. Conflict, (laughs) over-functioning, projection. There is a better way. There is a good part that cannot be taken from us. This is the focus of the way, the ways of Jesus. To focus on the ways of Jesus. To give all of ourself to an understanding that steadfast love does, in fact, endure forever to give all of ourselves to that understanding, no matter what we have to do, no matter how much we have to do, no matter what is happening around us. This week, the Bible study dialogue that I'm a part of talked about the parables of the mustard seed and the leaven in the bread found in Luke chapter 13. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a seed Or it's like some yeast. Both are small things hidden in dirt or in bread and dough. That in time, mysteriously enough, becomes something really big that provides. That either cares for birds or nourishes people. New Testament scholar Amy Jill Levine wrote this. Some things, she said... Some things, like the kingdom of God, they need to be left alone. Not everything or everyone needs our constant attention. Sometimes we need to just get out of the way. The kingdom, she said, is present in our own backyards. The kingdom is present in our own homes. So the question becomes, can you give yourself to the kingdom of God? Can you give yourself to the kingdom of God that is outside of your control, but that welcomes and incorporates whatever you contribute? Can you trust? Can you trust even as little as a mustard seed? And can you rest in the presence of this Messiah whose steadfast love does endure forever? This is what's mine to give. This is the better way. 
to give myself, to give my trust, to give my focus. Would you pray with me? Eternal God, sometimes we struggle. And there are times in this life when it seems like we struggle alone. Remind us this day that we are not alone. Open our eyes to see your good work that is all around us in familiar places and in familiar faces. May we each find shelter in the branches of your kingdom. We give our trust, we give our focus, we give ourselves because your steadfast love does endure forever. Amen.